What's your favorite scary movie? podcast or two 20-something LGBTs talk the horror movie of the week, real-life crime or events, and if it's worthy of being an honorary gay film. And yes, the titles are puns. I'm Elle. I'm Kate. We're, we're both here now. Yay! We're back at it again. <laughs> Thanks for bearing with us. Yeah. Uh, so this week we're doing what we were supposed to do last week. Um, this didn't... I I'd originally thought we could do a Thanksgiving horror movie or something, but there really aren't any ones that looked watchable and <laughs> this is what we were supposed to do last week which is The Old Dark House directed yes. by James Whale who you, y'all you may know he also directed the first two Frankenstein movies and The Invisible Man mm-hmm. and of course Showboat but, <laughs> <laughs> but this was if I'm correct it was in between Frankenstein and Invisible Man so this was kind of like his other chapter into horror. I wish he had done more horror. Like, yeah. Like when I really got into James Whale, you know how it is. Um, <laughs> I, think, I was like, what else has he done? Because I just love the way he does horror, and it's this is one of the few. Um, yeah. This is also it's based on a novel by J.B. Priestley. Yes. Um, it's kind of watching it. You can tell how many like tropes it influenced in horror and like just like specifically Rocky Horror I think like Mm -hmm. um, the whole like there's a storm and the car breaking down and having to go to this weird house where this weird brother and sister are there and there's lots of secrets going on lots of queer coding going on it's like oh that's Rocky Horror (laughs) and we can thank James Whale for that Um, had you seen this before Elle? I had not what'd you think? Very hetero. <laughs> you thought this was well, hetero? Well, just the, the two characters. What are you talking about? Well, there's. <laughs> Go on. To be fair. <laughs> Go on, sorry. I was just like, because I was also looking back over the synopsis to help me refresh my memory of what uh-huh. happened, and I was just like, okay. Uh, you know, no, yeah, I was just like, that's some 1930s stuff, isn't it? I mean, the leads, I, I guess, yeah, but... Yeah. Um, but James, I've, I really liked it. Um, was this Boris Korloff's first role, or was it Frankenstein? No. I feel like it was this one, but... No, it was, um... It was... Frankenstein was first, because that was 31, I think. Let me fact check to make sure I'm not talking out of my ass. <laughs> but, but, well, I, I it had to be first, because they had a... He and Chase Well had a falling out during this and didn't work together. Oh, yeah. Because um, he was supposed to be in something else that he did. And... Wait, but then he did Brian Frankenstein. Maybe. He, they only, like, communicated through messengers and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, was that what happened? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, they had, like, a middleman. Um, okay. No, yeah. Frankenstein came first, but his name had been left off the publicity packages and it was only credited in the end credits. And so this was, like, when the credits came on at the beginning like this is when his name popped up so like yeah (laughs) so you were right (laughs) it's just credited first um got it i watched frankenstein 
recently, so I definitely have some thoughts about that for the wind down. Um, oh, okay. Wait. Yeah. Appropriate. So. <laughs> um, well, okay. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I, you, you said that you, you, you came up with an attack about how hetero this is, and I want to say no, but that's for the <laughs> third part. So let's just talk about the rest of it for now, I guess. Um, this first, I mean, first of all, this is pre-code, so it's just like a wild time, and everyone's just drinking all the time. And I mean, that's what causes that's what causes the ruckus at the end. Yeah, it's just I don't know what I would do in this situation. Like, there's nowhere else to go, but you're staying with people that are like, oh yeah, if he drinks, he's gonna like probably kill us. And there's another brother that's even crazier. That he's was, locked up. That was so funny. I like forgot about that. Like. I'd only seen this once before, and I forgot about the whole, like, him, like, pretending to, like, be like, it's fine, they locked me up! <laughs> like, like, everyone's so extra in this. <laughs> yeah, I watched, I watched it on YouTube, because uh, it was available on there, uh, completely, like, the entire oh, nice. thing. So I just watched it on there, and not the greatest quality, but, like, I could still tell what was going on. Um, and yeah. the... It's on Shutter too. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Just like, what <laughs> place will have this? And I'm oh. like, no apps that I know. Uh, but I'll probably watch it again then, so it'll be even better looking. Um. <laughs> well, where, where would you rank this for the James Whale stuff that you've seen? Uh, probably three? Because uh, I saw The Invisible Man... I haven't seen the second Frankenstein movie, so it, this could okay. change. Uh, but it's like Invisible Man, then Frankenstein, then Old Dark House uh, for me. So, I don't know. Maybe I need a second viewing. I don't know. Because uh, it was really good. Like, I, I, I enjoyed watching it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was... I wasn't really quite looking at it through, like, a queer lens. I mean, Something. you should. It's James Whale. That's the I thing. Know. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Like when I first watched the Frankenstein movies, I didn't watch them through a queer lens. But I, I mean, I honestly think, I honestly sometimes don't see everything people are talking about, especially like with Bride of Frankenstein, mm. and like the queer metaphor. I, I mean, I guess I do, but I feel like this has so much more evident things in it. Um, there's actually a, yeah. a there's actually um, one of the actors, I'll get into that later. One of the actors is in both. Fuck, mm. this is hard. Our, the way we set this up is hard. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about how awkward that first car ride is, and I guess the, the, um, the night before, the, the night before I rewatched this, I had these Lyft passengers that were having, it was a couple having a full-on, like, about-to-break-up argument in my backseat. Oh and my it god. Was so awkward. <laughs> And that's what that scene reminded me of, where they were literally just at each other, and then the other guys in the back, like, singing. <laughs> like, anyways! I'm like, that was me. This is this is what happened to me last night. Oh my god. <laughs> that's the worst. Um, there's, yeah, this, uh, now, that, now that you mentioned Rocky Horror, I can definitely see a lot of, like, the Rocky Horror. Right? Uh, I mean, that, it's, it kind of pulled off her from, so, I'm like, yeah. This weird-ass family yeah, in this house. Right? But, I, mean, I mean, as far as I know, I could be wrong, but, like, 
this seems to be the first, like, cinematic evidence of that kind of trope of, like, the, the dark stormy night in the creepy house seeking refuge and, like, shit going down. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's all very gothic. I just, I just love the atmosphere it creates, like... I think James Whale does such a good job at that in all of his movies, but this one specifically, like, it just creates... And the, and the like, just the gothic, like, production design of it all, too. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. The... A little fun fact is that, um... Raymond Massey, who's one of the, one of the couples arguing in the car that I was talking about, uh, <laughs> he later played, um, who was supposed, he played a character that's supposed to look like Boris Karloff and Irish in Old Lace, and then the, the joke of it was, though, at the stage play that Boris Karloff did play him, but they couldn't get him for the movie, oh so they got Raymond Massey, and, like, made him look more like him. <laughs> he doesn't actually look a lot like him at all, but I just thought God. it was funny. <laughs> Such a tidbit for the day. I don't know. Yeah, I want to get more into this, but most of it's about gay shit. So if you want to, do you have a a true event to talk about? I do. Yeah. Um. Since I really couldn't, I couldn't find a ton of uh anything that was like about people whose cars broke down in the middle of the night. <laughs> because nowadays we have people's houses, and you break up in yeah, the backseat by lift. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I did, uh, since one of the, uh, parts of the story is that one of the brothers was locked up away in a room for a long time, yeah. um, I looked up, um, like, people who had been, like, kept away from, like, society or, like, basically kept in a room, like, for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, and I found one that happened, uh, really recently, it may sound a little familiar, um, but it was the, uh, the Turpine children, Uh, And this happened uh, all the way out in California. So (laughs) I think it it was... (laughs) Heard of it? (laughs) I've heard of it. Um, Yeah, it was over, like, near uh, Riverside or something like that. Somewhere near where uh, Riverside, so... Uh, But start from the beginning, of course, so we can get to the craziness. So, um, David Allen Turpin was born in October of 1961, and, uh, Louise, uh, Ann Turpin was born in May 1968. First met when David was 17 and Louise was 10. Oh! Uh, so I was just, like, insert scream. Uh, and they married in 1985 in Parisburg, Virginia, when David was 25 and Louise was 16. No! It was, like, bigger screech. <laughs> Um, the eloping angered her father, who was a church pastor. So, can't can't imagine why. Was a sane person who did well. <laughs> sane. Um, David graduated from Princeton High School in 1979 in West Virginia. Uh, the yearbook listed him as the treasurer of the Bible Club, co-captain of the chess club, and a member of the science club and acapella choir. Uh, he was a computer engineer who graduated from Virginia Tech and worked as an engineer for Lockheed Martin and Northrop Grumman. Uh, Louise listed her occupation as a homemaker and had come from, like, a really bad past, so, uh, uh, quick, uh, like, sexual, uh, abuse warning, just real quick for this, um, because she, her sister, uh, Elizabeth Flores, and their cousin, uh, were sexually abused by their maternal grandfather, um, another one of Louise's sisters claimed that their mother allowed their grandfather to do this in exchange for money, so... 
Uh, Flores wrote in her book, Sisters of Secrets, that Louise became obsessed with witchcraft, satanic rituals, and Ouija boards, even once tried to get her to join a snake-handling festival. Big mood. Uh, so, <laughs> this would lead uh, David and Louise to explore a lot of different religions as a couple, uh, and they were also swingers at the same time. <laughs> so, they eventually became adherents to uh, the Quiverful movement and Pentecostalism. Basically, that's like, have kids. Uh, they're a blessing from God, you know, mm-hmm. just keep having more and more, uh, because <laughs> David's parents, uh, according to them, the couple uh, said they kept having children because God called them on them to do so, and I was like, doubt, but okay, uh, so. <laughs> Doesn't make sense, love. <laughs> Don't know about that. Uh, the Turpines uh, rented a P.O. Box in Burleson, Texas from 1968 to 2003 and owned or had lived in uh, Rio Vista and Fort Worth and then left the area in 2010. Uh, neighbors visited the property after they left and they reportedly found uh, feces throughout the residence, beds with ropes tied to them, uh, several deceased animals in the trailer, and large piles of garbage around the property. And before you ask, no, they did not declo- disclose any of this to any authorities at all. Why, why would they? <laughs> I guess, whatever. Uh, in California, the Turpin's yard was unkempt with overgrown weeds, which violated a code in the neighborhood, and those that lived around the Turpins reported that on the occasions that they would see the kids, they would freeze and, like, stay silent when they were spoken to. Like, their only defense was to be invisible, was a quote from them. Uh, the kids would rather skip than walk, and they looked to be mal- malnourished and pale. So, over the course of two years, the children had begun planning an escape, and on January 14th of 2018, two of the kids left the house through a window. One returned later out of fear, but a 17-year-old daughter got away. She managed to get a hold of a cell phone, and although it was deactivated, she was still able to call 911. Once police arrived where she was, she had pictures of the condition she and her siblings were living in, and they converged on the house where they found 12 other siblings while one of the older ones was 22 and shackled to a bed with chains. All the siblings looked to have a malnourished, dirty appearance and were younger than their ages. Uh, They were supposed to be from between 2 to 29, uh, so seven of them were legal adults on the day of the rescue. Uh, Louise was perplexed when the deputies entered the house and both parents had no logical reason for why the children were restrained. Uh, So the children that were 2 to 17 were transported to the Riverside County Regional Medical Center and were admitted to the pediatrics unit for treatment. And the seven adults were treated at the Corona Regional Medical Center and described them as small, malnourished, but stable, relieved, and very friendly. So uh, following February, the adults were at the center still being treated and the minors went to a care of two foster homes. David and Louise were arrested and held on a $12 million bail each. Uh, and hundreds of journals written by the children about their experience over the years were recovered from the house, uh, so they would use that in their evidence in court. And the Turpins were charged with 12 counts of torture, 12 counts of false imprisonment, 7 accounts of abuse of a dependent adult, and 6 counts of child abuse. Uh, David Wells also received an additional charge of a lewd act on a child under 14 years old. They pled not guilty. <laughs> it was a frame-up. <laughs> So, uh, before all of this, uh, in January 24th, the judge accepted the prosecutor's request for a restraining order that forbid uh, contact between the parents and the children for a period of three years. They could not come within a hundred yards of them or establish any kind of electronic contact with them. 
And then on February 23rd of 2018, District Attorney Mike Hesterin filed an additional three charges of child abuse plus one felony assault against Louise individually. In May, David was charged with eight counts of perjury in relation to affidavits, like written sworn statements that he had filed with the California Department of Education since he had listed the home as a school for the children, saying that they were receiving a full-time education in a private day school. Very private. Lying. (laughs) Lying cat. Uh, June June twenty first, Judge Bernard Schwartz ruled that the Turpines would face trial for the crimes against their ch- Bernard Schwartz. That's Tony Curtis's name. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> He's a judge. He's a judge. I'm sorry. I, I hate to. No, you're good. I, a, a, a light went off in my head. <laughs> Oh my god. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Judge Bernard Schwartz ruled that the Turpins would face trial for their crimes against their children, and the charges were now over 50 counts in total. Despite the defense's best efforts to get charges dismissed, only one was dropped, the child endangerment involving the two-year-old due to a lack of evidence that the toddler had been abused. So, August 31st rolled around, and the Turpins were ordered to appear in court on October 5th, and the judge declined the defense's request for Louise to seek mental health treatment outside of custody for histrionic personality disorder, which is like a pattern of excessive attention-seeking emotions, including inappropriately seductive behavior and need for approval. Had that been granted, she could have been treated for up to two years and had all charges against her dropped. So the couple's trial would officially begin on uh, September 3rd. They bumped it up a bit. And on February 22nd, 2019... The couple charged their pleas to guilty to one count of torture, three counts of willful child cruelty, four counts of false imprisonment, and six counts of cruelty to an adult dependent. They were sentenced on April 19, 2019, with life imprisonment for both with the possibility of parole after serving a minimum mandatory sentence of 25 years. So experts also believe that they will never receive parole if they serve the 25 years due to the severity of the crime. On April 26, 2019, David was moved to Mule Creek State Prison, and May 1st, 2019, uh, Louise was moved to Central California Women's Fac- Facility. So, in the aftermath, the house that uh, the children were in during the, at the rescue was vandalized and thieves were frequent. The property was put up for sale in December of 2018 and sold for about $310,000 in February of 2019 which was about 40000 below its uh, appraised value. And I was like, can't imagine why. <laughs> so uh, two of the children served as witnesses during the trial and described their new lives with their foster families uh, taking care of them. Uh, and there was a woman named Natasha Kampusch, who was an Austrian woman who was kidnapped and locked in a cellar for eight years. Uh, who said a quote to the press um, that the Turpine children must be allowed to see the parents to find a way to either forgive them or leave them behind. Uh, A quote was, it will help them begin a process where they can cope with the whole situation and get more stable. The case has been featured in TV shows such as Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil and was used as plots for Law & Order SVU in Fox's 911. Uh, And all the children have been reported to be thriving after escaping the home. Uh, Five of them have been off to college, and the rest are sharing an apartment, going to movies and concerts, and just trying to live normal lives. So, that's the case of the Turbine children. Uh, It's all... I was like, Jesus. Oof. Yeah, that's a big yikes. That's a lot to deal with. 
that's some big yikes. Especially, like, from the very beginning, I was just like, oh, so they got married when she was 16 and he was 23? Uh-uh. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't like it. It's a no from me. <laughs> Do not like that. Um, so, yeah, that's, that was a true crime that I was able to find. And I was like, okay, good. So, at least, at least we could cover that. So, that brings us on to our final section. Is this a gay film? Cracked knuckles. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the obvious first point is that James Whale directed this, and I feel like you can you can find queer elements in all of his movies, and let me tell you what. For, for those not, yes. for those who listening who don't know, James Whale was openly gay in the time where, like, you were not openly gay. Um, no. <laughs> but, um, there's a really great movie about him where Ian McKellen plays him called Gods and Monsters. It's about like his last his last days on this earth. Like, yeah, it's so fucking good. Um, and Brendan Fraser's in it, so yes. Um, but, um, so there's a few things I wanted to talk about. The, fir- oh, the first thing I mentioned was, um, earlier was Ernest Thesiger, um, who yeah. plays the Horace, Horace Fenn, like the brother, who I who yeah. also again I swear like inspiration for Riff Raff. Um, he 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 was um, speculated to be gay. There's like different accounts. Like he was married to a woman, but there was speculation that he actually was in love with her brother. And then in like James Whale's biography, I guess it mentions that he what his sexuality was no secret at all. So, and like he worked with Whale again in um. Bride of Frankenstein, and, like, the big thing that people talk about for Bride and Frankenstein, the queer elements, is that character is definitely gay-coded. The, the doctor, the other doctor, that makes, oh. like, the tiny people. The- oh, wait, you don't know what I'm talking about. You haven't seen it, have no, you? I have not seen it. I have heard about different parts of it, though. Okay, there's a very gay so- doctor that makes tiny humans. That's all I can <laughs> You should see my face right now. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, yeah. Like, right, oh, okay, like, taxidermy box. Okay, sure. <laughs> Um, so, like, there's that. Uh, so there's that, like, coding. There's also, this is a little less confirmed and more my theory, but, like, Charles Lawton's character, um, like, I swear he's gay-coded. Just because the whole, like, because, like, there's no evidence about the backstory of, like, him, his tragic, like, losing his wife and stuff. All we know is that he's going around with this chorus girl, but does and, like, takes care of her and gives her money, but doesn't actually want anything to do with her sexually oh she's like a beard and she's a beard yes thank you that's what i wrote down i'm like that's a that's a beard right that's a beard and then he's like totally fine when she wants to just run off with this guy she just made he's like yeah whatever i guess i'll just go find another beard or whatever fine. Like, like i have no evidence to support this but if i feel like it makes a lot of sense especially just also knowing that there's queer coding in james Whale movies so like yeah. i have nothing to back that up but that's just my hot take um and then the other like clear-cut one is the fact that um, that Sir Robert Femme, you know, the old father, is played by a woman. Like, this yeah. is early dra- an early drag performance. <laughs> and, like, I was trying I was trying to dig and find a reason as to why they did it. And then, like... <laughs> but I couldn't find anything. But I'm like, I, I'm stoked it's there that there's just a woman playing an old man. And they even, like, credited her as John Dudgeon. It was really... Yeah. Elpseth Dudgeon. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. It's also it it just adds so much to the camp element of it all. Like it's already a very campy movie, but then at the mm-hmm. end to just go in and this old man is just like, <laughs> <laughs> like played by a woman. You're like, what is? Oh my god. 
I don't know. I just I get what you mean by like the 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 main characters have this love story, like the the hits. But there's so there's so much queerness surrounding it all. I feel. Yeah. And I, I love it. I think it's wild. <laughs> the the eight hour hetero love story, however long it lasted, the whole the whole night. Oh my god, that was oh, that was just so funny. I was like, Disney ain't got nothing on this. I film. mean, you know what they do? They do U-Haul though, so that's kind of lesbian activity. Maybe. <laughs> so U-Haul. Mm-hmm. You love to see it. Um, this also uh, was like thought to be a lost film. Oh yeah. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. So they they managed to uh, locate the. The, this a print of the film in the vaults of Universal in 1968, um, directed by C- Curtis Harrington, who's a friend of Wales, uh, and he persuaded the George Eastman House Film Archive to finance a new duplicate negative of the poorly kept first reel, and they restored the rest of the film. So, thank, thank God for people God. looking for this stuff. I know. I guess a li- I guess being in Universal's archives is a little safer than wherever the fuck. Um... Wake and Fright was. Like, just some, like... <laughs> in Philadelphia, in a box to be marked destroyed. <laughs> That's a big... God, film is so precious. Oh, that was so close. I just can't even imagine. It's just like, ooh, we got it. Woof! Um, yeah. Oof. Um, but yeah, like, uh, originally, Variety called it a somewhat inane picture in 1932. <laughs> But all of the, like, the New York dailies gave the film positive reviews, and I think at this time, it still ranks at, uh, like, uh, 8.49 out of 10 from Rotten Tomatoes. So, like, as it deserves. Uh, so, that, I'm just glad that it was found and restored out of that, so. Uh, it's, yeah, I, yeah, I just remember the eight-hour at her It's not eight hours! I just You're like to call it that. that <laughs> the the night the night uh, lasting the romance there, okay, um, but so. definitely, but like the whole uh, one of the the oh god what's her name um, Rebecca just following uh, Margaret like I think that was her name Margaret when she's going upstairs oh, yes! and she wants to change and he's just harassing the oh, shit. Oh my god! Out. I was like, what's going on, <laughs> ma'am? Ma'am. Yeah, that's another like queer horror trope of like the the predatory woman. The yeah, not not these aren't all great yeah. tropes. I'm saying, but they're there. It's like no, a yeah. mystery, you know. There. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> that's awful. Yeah, no, yeah, and then uh, Boris Karloff's character uh, Morgan comes out and he's drunk and he's trying to. He's just walk, walking up the stairs after her, and they, like, throw, like, a lamp yeah. at him. And, like, falls down the stairs. <laughs> what is going on? Did you see, just, all did you see that post comparing, like, how he looks to, like, Willem Dafoe in The, the Lighthouse? It's <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just feel you be. Oh. <laughs> you like my love. You like my love. Your father will love, sir, aren't you? What a Another movie. queer horror movie. Uh, <laughs> I could not even attempt to so, do yeah. a, a review of that. I, I really couldn't because, like, 
Robert Eggers is like, I will, I will not, nor will I say that this is a gay film. And then Robert Patton's out here is like, I think he needed a daddy. <laughs> like, Robert, calm down. Oh my God. Please, I can't do this. Um, so yeah, the I think it's a really good uh, film. I'm definitely probably gonna watch it again. Good. Uh, yeah, go to Shutter. So. Shutter. We love it. So, shall we begin the wind down? Sure, yeah. You can go first. Alright. So, I watched a lot of stuff uh, since it's been about a week or two since our last one. Yeah. Uh, so, I watched Frank, the original Frankenstein, hey. which was really good. That was really good. Uh, I won't talk about it a ton since we might do a cover. We might talk about it for an episode. Oh, we could. Uh, yeah. Why wouldn't it's James Whale? I gotta... You gotta. Um, and then I watched... Yes, Yesterday I watched The Nightingale by <gasps> Jennifer Kent. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh. Sorry, can't go on. I'm just... Oh, my God. I, I needed, like, a few strong drinks after watching that film. Yeah, um, it's on Hulu now, right? It is. It is I on Hulu, yeah. I can't that you can just log on to Hulu and watch The Nightingale right, right fucking now. Sorry, go I'm on. Just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was really good, and, like... I, I looked up a lot of, um, like, the stuff that she did for the, uh, for the film, and, like, she consulted, like, so many people on it, oh, and yeah. she did, like, a lot of history, and, like, she brought in PTSD counselors and, like, people who survived, like, sexual abuse trauma, like, that, that, is, seriously, like, read the warnings if you want to oh, watch yeah. this movie, because, like, Truly, like, I, yeah. There was some people who were like, I almost passed out watching this, and I was like, I, you can see why. Yeah, I try to make sure um, I warn everyone that I, because re- I'm like, I highly recommend this, but like, you need to know what it's about going into it, and you need to know that there's like, multiple assault scenes, but they're all there for a reason. And, and like, obviously, if you can't, if that's not something that you can watch, then don't. Like, I'm, I would. Yeah. Like I know I talk. I no talk shame about in that. that. And, like, not, o- not only bringing in, like, like research for, like, assault trauma survivors and everything, but I know that Jennifer Kent also collaborated heavily with, like, the indigenous folk of that area. Because, oh, yeah. Like, she, I, I don't know the exact quote, obviously, off the top of my head, but she talked about it Because, like, she's like, if I'm just a white person telling their story without any collaboration, that's just another form of colonialism. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck yes, she understands it. Yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah, because, like, oh. one of, the, like, the top reviews on Letterboxd, on on the nightingale is like don't support this movie like it's right ra- it's from somebody that's from australia and i was like are you a white person from australia do you know like just like because like the, the reason why all this stuff happens <laughs> like, yes that's why she made it <laughs> like, the reason why like everything that happens in this film is like this is how it was like yeah and it's i, I think it's kind of like our history that they're trying to brush under the rug and that's why she's trying to call attention to it. Yeah, and, like, for as, like, as bad as you watch uh, Claire get treated, like, the Aboriginal people were treated even worse than that. Mm-hmm. And when she tries to equate it, he calls her out on it. And, yeah. Like, as he should. As he should. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I watched that, and I also, uh, I went to a, uh, I went to my mentor's birthday party on Friday, uh, since he was turning 45 and I, I hadn't seen him since like May for the senior show uh and I got him we got it like everybody was like told oh just bring like a candle and like a card 
and I brought him um, some Star Wars figures. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna have enough room and I know that they'll be taken really good care of at your house and he was like oh I hadn't gotten these and I was like oh thank god because <laughs> I was like I don't know what to do <laughs> if you did. Um, but not much else. Uh, I haven't read a ton and I also started The Mandalorian uh, and oh. Baby Yoda is what Porgs wanted. Uh, out of Star I mean, Wars because it's so we cute. Can, we can have the best of both worlds here, you know. Oh, it was so cute. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much what I have been up to. Uh, I started a new job uh, last hey. week, so that's when uh, uh, that's what I've been really up to. So, what about you? What, what's going on in your world? <laughs> well, I've been taking a little. We kind of, you know how like. Even though it's Halloween all year round and horror all year round, I needed a break after like after October, and it's mm-hmm. it's November, which I talked about, so I won't mention that. But I've also mm-hmm. uh, Frozen Two is what I want to talk about. <laughs> have you seen it yet? I have not. Okay, I won't. I obviously won't go into spoilers, but oh my god, it's so good, it, and it's such a like mature sequel in response to the first one and like all the characters have grown and so the songs grow with them and Elsa is a gay icon and that's all I'll say <laughs> and speaking yes. of gay icons I also saw Charlie's Angels <laughs> yeah. which is a bop and I am so mad that it is flopping because it's uh. it's really fun um, and I thought Elizabeth Banks did a great job at directing it and Kristen Stewart is hilarious like she's the She's the wild card in it. She's, like, the funny one, which is against type for casting, but she is really good in it. Um, the other gals are good, too. One of them, I know, was Jasmine in the Aladdin reboot, which, you know, she tried her best with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what I also, I've been trying to watch some Christmas movies and shit. I watched, I watched <laughs> White Christmas for the first time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it was fun. There's a lot of uh, military propaganda in it, but it was a product of its time. <laughs> the dancing is nice. And the costumes. Oh, yeah, Edith Head did the costumes, and so, like, I was just living for that. Yeah. It's, like, gorgeous to look at. Yeah, that's what I've been up to. I think I talked about Rebecca last week, too, so I won't talk about I. Oh, yes. Yes? Um. I also started uh, Succession. <gasps> oh my god! Uh, <laughs> I want to get a kiss from Daddy. <laughs> I was I was so gay. Oh my god! How far? Are I just you? need. It was, I can't wait to do episode two. I'm just like I gotta like I gotta take this one at a time. Oh, you've only watched the first episode. I have. I, I'm really bad <laughs> watching TV. Oh, no, you're not bad. I. Uh, but once once I get to uh, I I'm I always I'm I'm like texting Sydney the entire time uh, mm-hmm. when I'm watching it so I'm like when I start episode 2 I gotta text Sydney about it cause it's like her favorite episode and I can't I can't not text her about it cause she's like I, I've been saying like she's like every time I tell people to watch Succession uh, and they watch the first episode they're like they're, it's so gay and she's like I've been telling you that <laughs> it's about the repression uh, so this is uh, watch Succession <laughs> God. Uh, but no, yeah, it's it's been a pretty fun time. I can't believe oh. it's almost December uh, when this co- this comes out on Thanksgiving. So uh, hopefully everybody has a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, 
and uh, if you are going home to like family or anything that and you're you're not like if you're not out or anything uh be safe and uh you got this um and just get get out of there as fast as possible drive your own car so you can leave as soon as possible because i know that feeling when uh dealing with family members also don't so. like i know it's hard and if it if it's a safe option for you you do, should not feel obligated to have to go do put yourself through yeah. that Like, obviously, each situation is different, and not everyone can safely make that decision, but just yeah. know that, like, you're not obligated to interact with any family member that puts you in harm's way, either, you know, physically or mentally. Like, that's all. Like, mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely, definitely. Oh! I, I just got a text. It reminded <laughs> me, I saw some bullshit last night. Um, yes. I was, my, my parents were watching TV, and it was live, and then, like, this commercial for Amazon came on, and it was, like, these workers that were, like, it's so great to work here, and, like, <laughs> they're letting me work up to, like, eventually leave the company, and I was, like, I've never shouted propaganda so fast and loud in my life. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so that was, that was the highlight of my night last night, so, uh, yeah, don't, don't believe that shit. There's many stories that say otherwise. Okay. Also, don't go sh- don't go shopping on Thanksgiving. Mm. Like at least wait till Black Friday. Honestly, like I I don't work retail anymore, but I remember having to get up and it, our Barnes and Noble opens like an hour early for Black Friday, and I hated it. And please. Yeah, I work at seven, but I'm I'm thank I'm shittily thankful that we're at least closed on Thanksgiving. Yeah. But um. For real. Just like if if you have to do shopping, and that's like a huge if. Like there's not something else you could be doing like literally anything else please don't go to the stores <laughs> these people have to work don't and that's go to macy's shitty. at 2 p.m yeah like, fuck you yeah anyways so. if you celebrate thanksgiving have a safe one have a uh have a happy one have a happy one you yeah, don't watch that of family values clip though so you know the history <laughs> <laughs> yes um so where can we find everybody everyone i'm at i'm at dyke madden on twitter yes i'm at lm designs on twitter uh and we have the podcast is on twitter at horror time pod and facebook at stop horror time pod uh and if you like our show and stuff and you just want to leave a little review about it on like stitcher or itunes apple podcasts uh just do that that's all just for like algorithm shit um, and you can also send us any uh, messages at stophorrortime at gmail.com or just DM us through Twitter or Facebook. Um, so we're very grateful for that. And we look forward to seeing you, to talking to you guys about a movie for next week. So until then, we'll see you later. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Bye.